This is the Yukon Entrepreneur Podcast, and I'm your host, Carrie Johnston, recording today from the traditional territory of Champagne and Ajak First Nations in beautiful Dakwakata Haines Junction. And this is a mini series to support Yukon Innovation Week, November 21 to 25th. And I'm joined today by Tosh and Davida. Please introduce yourself. Hi, Carrie. My name is Tosh Southwick. I'm a citizen of Kluwani First Nation. Uh, and joining you today from the traditional territory of the Ta'onquachin Council and the Kwanlun Dun First Nation. Along with my business partner, Davida Wood, we run IRP Consulting. Davida? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Davida Wood. I'm a member of the Teslin Clinket Council, uh, and I'm also joining from the traditional territory of the Kwanlin Dun First Nation and the Ta'onquachin Council here in Whitehorse, Yukon. Well, thanks so much for joining me. And if you could just let me know, what is IRP? Yeah, it's a good question. So IRP is a brainchild of Davida and I. Uh, we left our pretty cushy, awesome jobs at UConn College, then now UConn University, and really wanted to take a lot of what we had done at UConn University and apply it uh, across the UConn and amplify that reconciliation work. And so IRP stands for Inspiring Reconciliation Potential. And Davida, maybe you want to talk about who our main clients are? Yeah, I think we really try to work with whoever wants to work with us in, in many ways. Uh, if they're looking to further reconciliation, indigenization in their organization. So that can be government departments, that can be private business, that can be the, the non-governmental sector. Uh, we also really look to support self-determination uh, wherever we can. And so we do a lot of work with different First Nations around the territory um, and different First Nations organizations within that realm, looking to advance um, First Nations abilities here um, and, and looking to make sure that our partners in reconciliation also have the tools at, at hand to be able to do that work the best they can. So it sounds like your market is predominantly here in the territory, but do you work nationally, internationally as well? Yeah, I would say we generally are here in Whitehorse. We have a few different contracts that are more in Western Canada at, at this point. I think starting a business in COVID also made international or national work slightly difficult. And so at this point, we, we have stayed mainly in our own backyard, but we do have a, a few contracts that we do outside as well. So we're here today to chat about Yukon Innovation Week and just curious, what does innovation mean to you? Yeah, I would say innovation to me is a concept of disrupting the norm and looking to shake things up and, and transform, really make things uh, new and make things more efficient, make things better, but doing so in a big way. So not little steps, but big ripples. Agreed. I, I would say fairly similar. I think that idea of things being out of the box thinking, how is it when we have these problems or these issues? that we don't just look to always what we already know, but how do we find new solutions and better solutions that, that meet our needs? And what inspires you about the work that you do? Oh man, I can start and I'm sure Tosh may wanna jump in on that one. I would say the, the clients and ultimately the, the users at the other end of, of that <clears throat> type of work. I think that inspiration is being able to, to make a shift or change whether that be for our kids or for the next generations to come, so that those ideas of working together, relationship, um, being able to thrive here, no matter who you are and, and what your background is, uh, is, is super key and, and inspires me every day to get up and do the amazing things we're doing. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what Davida said. I, I think the other thing that inspires me is uh, that we get to pick and choose the projects based off of our values. 
Uh, and so if there's projects that clash with their values, if they don't support indigenous self-determination, if they're not anchored in the North, if they're boring, then we get to pass. Um, and I think that we get to see projects right from the start inception of ideas um, to completion. And not a lot of people get to do that. Usually people are at different intersections that. Um, in addition to that, we also get to work on projects that are gonna have huge impact. And I, I really like that. And what bothers you about the current system that we're operating within? What would you change? What would I change? Oh, magic wand. Uh, this week, my biggest pet peeve is honoraria policies. Uh, like, is that <laughs> that drives me nuts on a whole bunch of uh, spectrums? I I think the single biggest thing that that I would change if I had my magic wand. I don't know how you say three wishes. Uh, I would say telecoms. The infrastructure piece is a, a huge challenge. Um, I see that as really integral to to nation building, and I we just don't have a good good solution on that. Um, I think I would also change the way we approach engagement in the territory. I think we do it better than most parts of Canada, but we don't leave a lot of space to co-design in, in the work that, that we put. And generally the funds aren't made that way. And so I would reverse a lot of how the funding comes out. I would actually put more work up front in engagement and then into the project. Uh, and then I think lastly, I, I would prioritize reconciliation, indigenization, and decolonization rather than have them as afterthoughts or thought or add-ons. I would make them the, the priority. I think those sound fantastic in, in my mind and a lot of what we, we work towards. I think potentially the only other thing, and it's more that bigger picture piece that flows into all of those things, is really that system shift. I think we work in a lot of outdated colonial type systems um, where it's it's not necessarily meeting the needs of now and, and for anybody in, in large part. And so how do we take what works really well there, what works really well in an in, in indigenized and in a reconciliation approach and what works really well as we view out towards the future and try to actually work in a system that is is meant to do what it's supposed to do rather than be there because that's the way it's always been. And what do you think are some of the steps that we need to take to, to make those transformations? What are those first steps? I mean, Tosh, you even said that engagement before the funding flows or kind of that first step. But, you know, what are some other thoughts on what needs to be the seeds to plant to get that transformation? Divya, you want to go first? You, want to <laughs> <laughs> you jump in first and I'll pop in afterwards on this okay. one. Yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the biggest pieces right off the bat is the the idea of whose voice is leading those pieces, right? And so often we have, uh, and I'll, I'll use one of my biggest pet peeves is when we, we get Ottawa saying, oh, this is going to be great for the North. We're going to send you up there. We're going to give you $7 million and you're going to go fix all the things that are wrong in the North. So I would switch that power uh, imbalance and I would put the power back in the hands of the communities to, to really decide what their priorities are and what they want to work on. Um, I would really love to get <clears throat> more opportunities for honest conversation. I think we don't do a good job of creating the space to have the dialogue that's needed. And there's a lot of tensions around what can I say? When can I say it? And so we, we make these assumptions and we have these expectations, but we don't do a great job of, of making sure that people know what they are, both on, on First Nation side and I think on government side, on Northerner side, and I'll even say on women's side, I don't do a good job of making <laughs> clear what my expectations are all the time. And then the last thing I would say is, I think one of the things that has to shift is this willingness to take a risk. Governments are inherently risk adverse, I get that, but reconciliation, decolonization, nation building, all of those things are a big risk because they're different. 
And I think that's what it has to do with innovation, right? Is getting into this frame of mind that it's okay to try things. It's okay if they're not a success the first time because we're going to learn from them. And so being a learning, you know, system-driven process would be way different than where we are at right now. I think the one thing I would probably add to that is just that idea and, and kind of amplify the, the concept of relationship. And I think we talk often about that and that most of the work we do in, in talking about how to work better together is, is based and grounded in relationship. And so how do we do those in really honest ways? And when we have successful relationships, if we take it down to sort of our personal level life, that is by taking those risks. That's learning what works for, for your side, for my side. How do we do this in a way that we're going to, to be able to do things forward? And I think if we were to do that on so many more of these fronts, whether that's from the telecoms front through to the who's making the decisions front through to systems change, I think really that's where we'd start to see the difference because we're not looking at things adversarially. We're not looking at things in a way that is how, where's the hierarchy? We're saying, how do we do this better together that's going to serve your needs, serve my needs, and ultimately serve the needs across the board? And I think when we start to look at doing things from that vantage point, then we're really looking differently at how we want to, to see things happen. Canada is in the midst of a pretty big transformation. The 2015 calls to action from the, the TRC asks for transformation, the, the four A's of reconciliation, awareness, acknowledgement, atonement, and action. What does reconciliation and action look like to you as business owners? I think we put it right into our name. And I, I think that that's really the, the crux of, of who we are as an organization. So I think that it means it means everything from a day-to-day -day basis on, on most of those perspectives. And I think Tosh and I both being, you know, First Nations women, uh, who, who play strong roles in, in our families, our communities, and, and in our jobs, um, it means a lot. And I think when we look at how we make a shift across sectors, um, that's been huge. And I think the work that we've been able to do in this really has kind of spanned from, you know, engineering to NGOs, to housing, to drug crisis, to government departments in all kinds of things from justice to health to water resources to leadership. And I think when we look at those and think about how we can work together differently as Indigenous and non-Indigenous people in this country and noting that to do that, we have to come together. Um, it, it is the work that we do. It is what we wake up for every morning to, to try to breathe life into. And so I think it it has a lot to, to do with why we even went the route we did with this business. I'm good with that. <laughs> um, living in the far north, we, you know, we have our unique view on Canada. We get to look a little bit from afar and uh, through our unique lens. And so what lessons do you think Yukon entrepreneurs, Yukon businesses have to share with the rest of Canada? Yeah, yeah that's it. I, I think there's this piece about resiliency. Uh, that we have and we hold and, and that we're not the only part in Canada they see that in other parts but we have this ability in, in the Yukon to to really rise to those challenges and so I think that's that's one thing we have to share I think the other piece that we do really well here is that reconciliation part is that co-management that co-decision making you know it, it's continually a, a conversation that's brought up when I, I do any work in the south and when Davina and I are having conversations with people who are new to working in the Yukon is it is different here and how did you guys accomplish that and so I think we have lots of lessons that we can share on, on what that looks like to work in a reconciliation lens. And I think we're just starting the work of decolonizing some of our systems 
So we'll have those, those lessons to learn. And then I think we've got uh, a piece here about the importance of allowing solutions to be driven by place. And we're a great example of how successful it can be when you empower people who need the solution to decide what the challenge is and what the solution is, rather than having it imposed from another jurisdiction. And I, I think anything that, that we have to share is how much, how much more successful we are when we're in the North for the North by the North. And I think we can, we can share that across Canada. 100%, I'm good with that one. <laughs> Well, and then so the last question, just what what's next for IRP? Where do you see your opportunities? <laughs> oh man, I got so excited, I got tea in my eye. Uh, <laughs> what's what's next? Uh, Davida, you go first, and then I'll jump in. Okay, perfect. Um, I think every day we have these massive brain clouds that we wind up bouncing off of each other constantly, and so uh, you know it it changes day to day, week to week. But I think we only see see growth and and expectation. Uh, we have actually already started up a, a second corporation, which is IRP Property Developments, Inc. And so we're just, today's an exciting day for us because it's a closing day on a, on a property that we're purchasing that we're titling a reconciliation business center where we can have people of like minds come together, work side by side in, in office spaces and spaces that, you know, we can, we can have some of those think tank ideas happening while we still do our own work off of the, the outset. And then we have a couple of event spaces that we're looking to, to rent out that are really culturally appropriate spaces to, to host those difficult conversations we talked about or meetings or events that sort of meet those, those areas. So I think that's a, a phase one approach, but I think um, we're, we're big thinkers, big hearts and, and big ideas and Tosh is not a no person. So she likes to say yes to everything. So I'm sure she has more to add to it too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. My kids may disagree with you on I me mean, not being a no person, but it's true. Uh, if it's a good idea and I see it having impact and I think Davina and I can help them generally jump in. I think the other piece of what's next for IRP uh, is doing more of that systems change, that that risk taking, that, that look of how can we position uh, different conversations so that we can amplify that, that innovation part. Uh, so we're having conversations about a Yukon uh, First Nation Storytelling Institute. What would that look like in the territory? Uh, there seems to be a lot of different intersects where, where that piece is coming together for us. I think it's also um, readily on our minds about working with youth and amplifying their voices across the territory and seeing where we can support other innovators. Um, I think both Davida and I have a deep interest in, in sharing what we've learned uh, in this experience as entrepreneurs and before and trying to amplify other Indigenous voices so that we can see more and more and more Indigenous entrepreneurs uh, be successful in whatever space they choose to be in. Well, those are all really exciting opportunities, and I can't wait to see the spaces that you build that will be truly transformative. So yeah. thank you. Thank you, Carrie. Thank it's been a you. pleasure.